Welcome to the Ultradent Products Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Carlos Hamos. Dr. Hamos worked as a professor of endodontics at the State University of Londrina in Brazil from 1995 to 2012. He has published several books about endodontics and has written more than a dozen chapters of other endodontics books. Dr. Hamos is currently a partial-time adjunct professor at Roseman University in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the R&D endodontic manager at Ultradent. He was granted two international patents as the inventor of an electronic working length determination method and an asymmetric reciprocation system, both of which have brought different devices to the world marketplace that use these patented technologies. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, Dr. Hamos. Well, thank you. So we wanted to talk to you today about endodontics, specifically the Genius System. Can you tell us a little bit about how Genius fits into the timeline of endodontics? Yes, sure. So if you see the timeline of endodontics concerning instrumentation and instruments, you can see that we start a long time ago with hand instruments. And the hand instruments at that time was uh, mainly stainless steel and carbon steel as well, hand instruments. Carbon steel was very brittle and, and was just breaking a lot, but stainless steel to- took his place, its place uh, in the, from the middle of the last century. And until today, of course, we have and we use a lot of stainless steel hand instruments. But of course, uh, by the fact that to do the hand instrumentation is so time consuming and sometimes you cannot achieve your goal of having a tapered instrumentation or a taping shaping after instrumentation. So uh, the, the, the science came with one of the solutions that was changing the alloy of the instrument to uh, nickel titanium. So nitai is the, is the new alloy that the ultimately we are using in our instruments. But hand instruments based on nitai alloy was not very good as well by the fact that it's so flexible that much, a lot of times you just put your instrument inside the canal and you do some movements and it's not transferred for the tip of the instrument. It acts like a noodle, right? Exactly, yeah. It's so flexible that you cannot transmit exactly the movement that you want. So based on that, uh, science again came with one solution that was put files in a motor. So essentially the motor was just rotary motor coming from the implants motor, motors. So basically what, what uh, until today we have is rotation driving uh, or driving these this, uh, files in, uh, in made on this nitai alloy. But another problem came by the fact that in rotation, uh, it started to have a lot of uh, fractures. So by the fact that sometimes, or most of times, I have to say, uh, files go inside the canal and the tip of the file just be stuck between the dentin walls and the motor continuously do its job that is mainly doing uh, rotation, we have what we call torsional fatigue and this file will break. In curved canals is worse because uh, 
plus torsion of fatigue, we have cyclic fatigue as well. That is a kind of uh, fatigue coming from the action in rotation of the file inside a curved canal. In the, in the inner part of this curvature, you have compression forces. In the outside part of this curvature, you have tension forces. And this is cyclic. So uh, the part that is being compressed will be tension, and the part that will be tension will be compressed in a very fast way, and then this file can break as well. So uh, essentially, the timeline of genius files and reciprocation files, asymmetric reciprocation files, is from uh, 10 years ago when we start to have motors that you can set the angles clockwise and counterclockwise so you can do some kind of differentiation in the rotation, kind of imbalance rotation, sometimes clockwise, sometimes counterclockwise, and this exactly this imbalance rotation creates, unfortunately the name is not is not very accurate, reciprocation, but we call asymmetric reciprocation. That is Instead of just doing 360 clockwise, you have different angles for clockwise and for counterclockwise in a different RPM as well. So Genius is exactly inserted in this uh, situation. So after hand instrumentation with different alloys and rotor instrumentation, essentially with nighttime files, the reciprocation or asymmetric reciprocation came to surpass all these problems concerning uh, essentially breaking files. And were the asymmetrical reciprocating um, using stainless steel files? No. no. By the fact that we have to have uh, this file in a kind of rotation is a partial rotation, but it's still a rotation. After, for example, Genius, after six cycles of clockwise and counterclockwise, you have 360 degrees. So still you have to have a very, very flexible file that is night nighttime file. That makes sense. So what is the difference between the different types of instrumentation and movements, what do you see actually in the canal shaping due to the different movements? So basically we have uh, now engine-driven systems that allows you to do rotation and or reciprocation. So in rotation you have uh, this big downside, as I said, that is breaking files. But there's one thing that rotation do very well is removing debris from inside the canal. It's kind of the same principle of Archimedes pump. So by the rotation and by the design of the file, you can pull out uh, a lot of debris that you create actually cutting denting inside the canal. Uh, reciprocation is a little bit different because you have uh, always forces being increased and decreased inside the canal. It means that every time that you cut in clockwise, for example, you cut denting, increasing forces, when you go counterclockwise, you decrease these forces or you release these forces. So that's why 
you have, and studies shown shown that, uh, that you have a lot of better results concerning breakage when you are using um, uh, asymmetric reciprocation comparing with rotation. So genius is exactly in this uh, arena. So you have asymmetric reciprocation with this file that allows the file to cut and release forces and avoiding breakage. But in the other hand, if you if you change from asymmetric reciprocation to rotary in your motor, this file will remove debris from inside the canal. So it's the only file that was designed to do both asymmetric reciprocation to open space safely inside the canal and rotation to remove this debris that is being done doing all this process to remove this debris from inside the canal. So that's where Genius is exactly uh, in this space, is the file that can join uh, the safety of asymmetric reciprocation and the efficiency of in cleaning of rotation. Is this the first system that has both options in the motor? I would say that this is the first system that was designed to do that. We, obviously, there are other files that you can do reciprocation and rotation, but was not designed to do that. And this is the thing. When you design a file to cut in rotation, you have to design properly by the fact that if you put a lot of cutting edges in a rotary file, uh, this file will produce what we call the screw-in effect. It's kind of screwing inside the canal like an implant. So we don't want that, right? So that's why in rotary files, when you design rotary files, you remove the cutting action of these files. So in asymmetric reciprocation files, it's totally different. So when you design an asymmetric reciprocation file, you have to take into account that this file will have a, a, a little angle cutting and another angle uh, releasing. So you have to increase the cutting action of this file because it's a little movement to cut and another movement to release. So that's why you have to balance the cutting action according the movement that you are using. So what we did designing the file and designing the angles and the RPM, everything was designed in Genius to be able to start cutting in asymmetric reciprocation, cutting and releasing the forces, of course. And after that, in rotation, w after the space open, this fire will just act as a debris removal or debris retrieval file. You mentioned something to me earlier about the single file technique. Can you talk a little bit about that? It's very important. This this is the most important question of this conversation, I guess. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people make a lot of confusion, I, and I'm not saying just the dentists. I'm uh, in the companies. I'm saying about researchers as well. So, unfortunately, I have to say, there's a lot of papers showing uh, asymmetric reciprocation and testing asymmetric reciprocation as a single file technique. And one thing, there's nothing to do with the other. By the fact, of course, that are uh, basically one company 
that is Densply, they they launch the one system called the Wave One. So Wave One is a system that uses asymmetric reciprocation as the kinematics or as the movement of the file. Yes, this is true. But the other thing that is claimed by this system is the fact that it's just one file to do everything. I, I will not discuss this right now because this is something that there are some papers showing good results. There are other papers showing bad results. Okay. But I'm not concerned about this right now. I respect uh, the the authors and 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 the professors and the key opinion leaders that are in in defending this this uh, system. But the fact is that one thing is asymmetric reciprocation, and another thing is single file technique. So single file technique use one type of asymmetric reciprocation. Just think about this. In asymmetric reciprocation, you have one angle that will be the cutting angle and another angle that will be the releasing angle, the release angle. So if you balance these two angles, doesn't matter if it is clockwise or counterclockwise, but if you balance in a way that the cutting angle is always bigger than the release angle, so you have what we call asymmetric reciprocation. So doesn't doesn't mean that you you have to have always one file to do everything. So you can use one or two or three or four or five files. So this is not part of the definition of the movement or the technique. Mm. This is definition of one technique one technique with one product called Wave 1. There's another product call, called Reciproc in Europe from Densply as well. And I have to tell you, a lot of people use Wave 1 or Reciproc, but do some kind of complementation or adding more files in the sequence, not in asymmetric reciprocation, but in rotation to enlarge properly the canal. But again, this is another discussion, but the, in, in, in terms of definition, a single file technique is not exactly reciprocation or asymmetric reciprocation. And you can see some papers, unfortunately, published papers showing not good results. And in the title of the paper is saying eh, reciprocation, create more debris inside the canal or something like that. But in fact, they are testing the single file technique and mm. not the asymmetric reciprocation movement itself. I see. There, there's a big difference in that. It is a big difference. And just remember one thing. Asymmetric reciprocation is nothing, nothing new. Uh, by the fact that James Rohn in 1984, he published a paper called Clockwise and Counterclockwise. In 1985, he published another paper describing what he, he call the balance force technique. That is exactly, exactly the same what we are doing uh, with asymmetric reciprocation. Why we don't call balance force technique? Well, because in principle, balance force technique is made by hand in hand files. What we did was to transfer all these principles of balance force techniques to Into a motor. A machine. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So 
basically what we did was just using all the concepts of balance forces to, uh, uh, in a motor, transfer to a file. Again, doesn't mean that you have to use one file to do everything. But the movement is so nice and cuts a lot that enables you to use just one file if you truly believe that one file will do everything that you want or everything that you need. Actually, I don't agree with that. And, and I, I actually, I think that we have to enlarge properly the canal. It's not I think. All the papers shown that uh, we have to enlarge properly the canal and you have to enlarge until at least a 35 file. But I think your point is if that's the technique that you're comfortable with, then the system can handle it. And if you want to use multiple files, the system handles that too. Exactly. The technique and the motion are separate subjects. Exactly, yeah. So technique and motion is totally separate subjects. Of course, when we did Genius, we take we took in account all these details and by the fact that we know by the papers and conclusions and the studies we know that you have to go into at least a 35 file there's a new study published in 2016 called the Tennessee study and they show all the things that can uh, lead you to a failure in endo and there are two things that is under the control of the dentist. One thing is the proper enlargement. They say that less than 35, you cannot enlarge properly, so you don't have space for your irrigation, for your cleaning, and for your obturation. And the second thing is overfilling, that we know since the beginning that overfilling is always a problem concerning healing. But this is very interesting because when we start with the genius system and design the genius system, we never try one file to do everything. Because it's something that not only the endodontist but the dentists, we know by the fundamentals of endodontics that you have to enlarge properly. And to do that, you have to have one file to start, another file to finish. So at least two files, at least two files to do everything. So with one file, uh, unfortunately, by design, even though using asymmetric reciprocation, that is, in my opinion, much better than rotation, uh, even using this asymmetric reciprocation, with just one file, you have that design and you have that final shape and is not enough to clean the very apical part of the canal. So you have rotary movement, you have asymmetrical reciprocation movement, mm -hmm. and then you have the genius, which offers both. Yep. Can you tell me the difference between genius rotary and traditional rotary and genius reciprocation versus traditional reciprocation? Well, that's another very good question. So basically, concerning reciprocation, you have two types of reciprocation. You have the symmetric reciprocation 
that is the angle cutting and the angle releasing is the same. Mm -hmm. So 30-30. 30-30, for example, is the most common. So if you see the contra angles from 1950, 1960, 1970, so all these contra angles that was mechanical oscillation or mechanical reciprocation was not driven by a, a motor, an electric motor, but was driven by an air motor doing rotation and the contra angle uh, transforms or change the original rotation to oscillation. This is what we have here in Ultraland. We have the TILO system. We started with the AT system. Basically, it's a 30-30 movement. It's mm -hmm. more oscillation than anything else, but can be defined as a symmetric reciprocation. So it's 30 uh, clockwise, 30, 30 counterclockwise. So this is a symmetric reciprocation. Asymmetric reciprocation is imbalanced rotation. So this imbalanced uh, rotation means that you give one angle bigger than another angle. So, for example, in the genius system, we use 90 degrees clockwise, and this 90 degrees clockwise will be the cutting action of the file, and 30 degrees counterclockwise, that will be the releasing action of the file. So you release forces in counterclockwise and you cut in clockwise. And there's a very interesting thing about that. So the other system called Wave 1, they use exactly the opposite. They cut in counterclockwise mm -hmm. and release the in forces clockwise. clockwise. The reason that they did that is published by Nicola Grande and Gianluca Plutino in the in 2015 November 2015 in Journal of Endodontics. They wrote exactly what I would say. They say for commercial reasons, these files cut counterclockwise. Instead, all the other files in the market in the history of endodontics cutting clockwise. So. Uh, that's the explanation. They do that for commercial reasons. We, in Genius, we are using 90 clockwise, releasing 30 degrees counterclockwise. Concerning the rotation, this is very interesting as well. So uh, our files cuts in rotation. If you use just rotation as the primary source of movement, the Genius files will cut. And by the way, they cut very well in rotation as well. Hmm. But we don't claim to use just in rotation. And the reason is very simple. We know that rotation in different situations of design files, taper, diameters, whatever, all files doing in rotation, they can break. And they can sometimes easily break inside the canal. And we don't want that. And we want to provide something that is safe for the dentist. Uh, I am a dentist as well, and you know, I, I had a shoebox of broken files in my office. Mm. And, and this is... You save them? <laughs> yeah, I save them. <laughs> yeah, they are so expensive that we have to save, at least you, you save 50% of the file. Mm. But anyway, this is, this is something that when happens, this is something that frustrates you so much that, you know, you start to think about why I'm doing that. Is there any other way of doing that with a little bit more in a more secure way? 
or Safeway, yes, uh, in asymmetric reciprocation, you can uh, definitely you can avoid all these problems concerning uh, torsional and cyclic fatigue. I'm not saying that you cannot never break a file in asymmetric reciprocation. Uh, what I'm saying is it's safer to use this movement. We cannot say that there's an unbreakable file. Uh, because the file itself is not the weak point of this. It's the mechanism, thing. right? Like it's screwing into the. The mechanism of rotation is screwing in. So, by the anatomy of a canal that is a tapered, uh, naturally tapered, so the file goes until uh, a point with freedom. And all of a sudden, boom, just you have the tip of the file. That is the weakest part of the file. The tip of the file will be stuck and then break. Mm -hmm. So concerning what type of rotation, that was your question, by the way, concerning what type of rotation we are using, we are using the same type of rotation that the other systems, of course. Uh, it's at 360 degrees. Uh, we have a, a very low torque control and uh, RPM is 300 RPMs. But uh, the difference between rotation with Genius and rotation with other systems is the fact that we claim that you have to use rotation movement after reciprocation. Mm -hmm. So you open the space safely in reciprocation and then you turn to rotation. You will control that. It's not the motor that will control. Mm -hmm. Interesting thing about this is another uh, fact that there are some motors, uh, uh, especially uh, the Brassler motor uh, or, or even the Cybernendo, former Cybernendo, now is Kerr, uh, that start always in rotation. And if you have too much pressure in this file, then they do some kind of reciprocation until the point that you release the file. I think that is totally backwards. I think that you cannot start with a dangerous movement and then go to a safe movement. It's exactly the opposite. You start with a safe movement, open space safely, and when you have all the space open and you want just to remove or retrieve the breeze from inside the canal, then you, as an operator, you go there, you press the button, and you go to rotation. Then the rotation will be no touching any walls. It's just for retrieving the debris mm -hmm. from inside the canal. Mm -hmm. That makes more sense for me. Makes sense to me, too. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the biggest challenge in endo today? The biggest challenge in endo today, and it's always been this, the same challenge, is to clean properly the canal. So by the fact that, in, for example, during your instrumentation, mechanical instrumentation, uh, Gustavo de Deus proved in his papers uh, published in GOE and International Endodontic Journal that you touch 35 to 40 percent of the dentine walls. All other space is not even touched by your instrumentation. So this makes me wonder how we can have good results without cleaning, mechanically cleaning the canal. 
So the the use of sodium hypochlorite as a as as an irrigant or as a chemical to clean the canal, you know, sodium hypochlorite or bleaching is 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 something extremely strong. So in and there are some people using, for example, six percent of sodium hypochlorite, and they heat the sodium hypochlorite inside the canal. All these procedures are to enhance the activity of the sodium hypochlorite. And why? Well, because we know that, unfortunately, we cannot clean mechanically the canal with our instruments. There are some new instruments, though, that they are using uh, uh, different designs. There's a very interesting instrument from uh, FKG in Europe and here in, in U.S., Brassler, that they call XP Endo. The XP Endo is an instrument that is not straight instrument. They it's kind of uh, wave like a little wave shape uh, instrument, and then you put inside the canal in rotation, and this instrument gets crazy inside the canal, and the tip of the instrument is always touching somewhere that unfortunately you cannot control, but is an attempt to to try to have a better cleaning. Mm-hmm. There are other ways, of course. Uh, I love ultrasonification because with ultrasonification you can enhance or you can uh, speed up the process of cleaning of the irrigant that you are using uh, sodium hypochlorite. There are other devices like laser, the uh, bio for example, the water lace that they use uh, how high power of laser, and uh, the procedure is called PIPS, is photo-induced uh, photo-activation or something like that, um, streaming, that produce acoustic streaming inside the canal mm. by uh, different pulse of, of uh, laser. There's another device called Gentle Wave, uh, a company called Sunendo, and and this gentle wave essentially is a membrane that goes to the uh, the to the crown or the pulp chamber and create a lot of vibration as well. It's kind of little tsunami inside the canal, hmm. and then trying to uh, clean better all these areas that I told you that is not touched by touched your instrumentation. By mm-hmm. uh, all these are attempts attempts to to create a, 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 a situation that will clean better the canal. That is ultimately the, the goal or the first principle of endodontics, that is cleaning the canal. And after that, you have to, of course, obturate the canal or, or fill the canal with something creating a barrier for further uh, contamination. But this is this is the big thing. I, I really think that Nowadays, we change a little bit. Dr. Schilder used to say cleaning and shaping the root canal to do a 3D obturation. What I think that we are doing right now is shaping to clean the canal. So shaping open space to have a better cleaning. That's what I think that is ultimately our goal right now. Thank you. Um, you mentioned before that there are some other products or techniques that go well with the Genius system. Would you like to share any tips with us? Yes, of course. So 
First of all, I really believe that we have to do a technique that enables us to uh, create a 3D alteration or 3D dimension alteration. So, as I told you, when you are doing the shaping procedure or instrumentation, you are creating some space to your irrigants to do the cleaning action as we discuss uh, later. One of the techniques that I love to use during my cleaning is ultrasonification. So, Nowadays, we have some tips, very thin tips, like a 20 or a 2502 tips that go inside this open space and then create acoustic streaming and, and, and uh, 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 catalyzation of the reactions, uh, even cavitation inside the canal. This helps a lot concerning uh, the irrigation action or the cleaning action driven by the irrigation procedure. And this is one the techniques that I like to put uh, with Genius. Another thing that I truly believe is the alteration. So there are so many different types of alteration procedures and techniques and materials right now that sometimes makes us a little bit crazy. Because you <laughs> Trying have, to keep track of everything. It, it, it's so complicated. So you have ZOE-based uh, sealers. You have resin-based sealers and different types of resin, by the way. So now you have the bioceramic sealers. So the bioceramic sealers are, in my opinion, one of the things that makes much more sense. And the reason of bioceramic sealer makes sense in my mind is the fact that it's the only sealer that expands inside the canal. So all other sealers, resin, ZOE, all other sealers, they shrink a little bit inside the canal. It's not a, it's not a lot, but by the fact that the composition and the structure of the material after setting, all these sealers will shrink a little bit. Bioceramics has two things that blow my mind. The first thing is that is layers and layers and layers of hydroxyapatite being done by the time. So it's kind of a, a kind of a real expansion inside the canal. Of course, not too much to create any fracture of the dentin and so on, but to fill all the spaces that, of course, we leave voids and spaces after your obturation procedure. It's, this is impossible to fill everything. The second thing about bioceramics that I really respect is the fact that since Torabinejai started to talk about MTA, 1991-1992, he started studies of MTA being as a retrofilling material in apical surgery. And in 1999, he published a study showing all the applications of MTA. One of the all, one of the potential application was exactly to be uh, a sealer or even a feeler. There is a little bit difference between a sealer and a feeler, but uh, this, since 1999, start to caught some attention of, of some researchers to a point that nowadays we have at least four commercial uh, sealers 
that is claimed to be bioceramical sealers or bioceramic sealers, hydraulic sealers, if you will. Uh, now, Densply uh, is launching a sealer called ProRoot ES, that is the first one that is an MTA-based sealer. And I foresee in the near future other companies like Ultradent, for example, uh, launching the same based MTA-based sealer because it makes a lot of sense by the fact that MTA has been so deeply studied in the last, at least in the last 10 years, with so many good biological uh, results that makes a lot of sense of having a sealer based on MTA. And this allows us to use a very simple technique called single cone technique that is basically insert the sealer inside the canal, one single cone, good pressure cone, and that's it. And how is that different than the technique for a resin sealer, for example? For example, let's let's take our sealer Endores as an example. Endores is a very nice sealer. Is 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 uh, the flowability and the 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 ability of falling water inside the tubules uh, makes Endores unique. Um, so Endores is one of the sealers that you can use single cone technique as well. The big difference between a bioceramic sealer and a resin-based sealer is not the technique itself, even though it's awesome to have a single cone technique because mm -hmm. single cone technique is so easy and you can master a single cone technique obturation very easily. Uh, it depends much more of the material itself than the technique. So. NRS, for example, is a resin-based sealer, is a method-related sealer, and goes and flows inside the tubules very well. So mechanically, I think that NRS has better properties than any other bioceramic sealer. But we have to understand that we don't, in an obturation, we just we don't want just mechanical activity of the sealer. We want a biological activity as well. Mm -hmm. So, for example, in an MTA-based sealer, the pH after some time will increase to 11.5 to 12. So that means that if you have some uh, remaining bacteria inside the canal, those bacteria will be gone soon mm -hmm. because they cannot... Survive. Even survive in this pH, e even in Enterococcus fecalis. So this is this is the way that I think this is the 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 vision that I have for the near future. I think that reciprocation systems, uh, ultrasonification in uh, irrigation, and a good bioceramic sealer based on MTA uh, will be something that put putting together will make not only the endodontics happy, but the GPs as well. So this is another issue. When you, you're talking about technique, of course there are some techniques like uh, vertical warm condensation, for example, that is awesome in hands that are very well trained. trained. So if I do two or three endodontics per week, it's different than doing like I used to do in my office, eight treatments per day. Right. Right. So in my 27 years as an endodontist, I did, what, 
30, 32,000 root canals treatment. Wow. So, so of course, you, you, can, you can master other techniques as well because you are just focusing on endo. But when we think about the GPs, and just remember one thing that is very important, 84% of the GPs here in U.S., they do endodontics. 84, this is a study published in Journal of Endodontics 2015. 84% of, of uh, GPs are doing, in a monthly basis, sometimes in a weekly basis, they are you doing some endodontics procedure. It means that we have to understand that we have, of course, we have to have good results based on good and proved techniques, but those techniques needs to be simplified a little bit to people, to the GPs, for example, that they don't have time enough, experience enough just to do endodontics because they have all the other things to do. They don't have the opportunity to practice exactly. as much. Exactly. Right. So, so if you come with a very hard, complicated technique to be done, I'm not saying that the other techniques are not good. I'm just saying that if you if you have some kind of simplicity, like Leonardo da Vinci always says, simplicity is the ultimate goal. Sophistication. Uh, of sophistication. Mm -hmm. So, and I totally agree with that. By the way, uh, Gassam Yared, the inventor of the single file technique, even though I don't agree 100% with his approach of enlargement, but I admire, admire and I really appreciate what he came with. He simplified uh, the technique in a, in a level that allowed the GPs, allowed the general practitioners to start to do more endo. And this is very interesting. This is this is some kind of things that, as a professor, as a researcher, and as the R and D uh, endo manager of this company, I have to say this is this is awesome. This is what we want. We want to create something that is not complicated, but uh, good enough to create good results. Perfect. Well, I think that's all the questions I had for you. Do you have anything else you'd like to add for our listeners? Well, I, I think I think to to finish this uh, very nice conversation with you, I, I really think that we have to think about the the future. And the future is having more patients inside our offices. And, and the level of complication of the cases will be not different than we have today. So I was talking about GPs. Uh, general practitioners, they have the first approach to the patients, and they can decide if they will refer to an endodontist or they will be able to uh, complete, the complete the treatment and have good results. Mm -hmm. uh, I foresee uh, in the near future with the new simplified techniques that we are providing, uh, that people will start to see endodontics in a different way. I will tell you just this example. Uh, Dr. Robert from Alaska. Uh, Alaska was the first place that we went to show the genius system. And we spent all day there, and we did a hands-on with a very nice uh, attendees there. And I remember Dr. Robert was the first Robert person. He came, 
He was the first one who buy the first genius system. And after two or three months, he sent us some emails uh, showing his experiences with genius. The part that I love the most is, is when he say, well, now I'm doing Nando again with some smiles in my face. Mm. It's funny to, to, to do Endo because with this system because it's something that you can control. It's not too complicated. And you definitely, uh, it's, it's improving my, uh, my dentistry a lot. So it's satisfying for him. It's satisfying. And, mm -hmm. and more than that, open space. And today we are passing by tough days economically and it's not, it's not something that you can refer all your patients, right? right. So if you decide to do something, we uh, have to provide solutions for that. Mm -hmm. So that's exactly what I what we are uh, working hardly to try to provide uh, good solutions, simplifying uh, the technique in a way that everybody, not only endodontists but general practitioners as well, can rely and can you know. Uh, use uh, all these materials, techniques, instruments, whatsoever. Yep. has to be simple or you can't do it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Thank you for your time today, Dr. Hamas. Thank we you for having you me. Being on and the show. Thank you for having me, and I really appreciate this conversation. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. For a full archive of our podcast, please visit podcast.ultradent.com. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for an upcoming podcast, please call us at 800-268-9010.